Also, I was deaf most of last week. You were deaf? Yeah, I was deaf. Uh, I was deaf in my left ear. Because, um... So, you know those, uh... The the earwax videos? No, but I think I know what you're about to say anyway. Yeah, yeah, I got clogged up, apparently. Which I don't... I don't don't know how. It it just happens to be... Well, it happens to me a lot. I just manually try to, like jam my finger in my ear and pray to god that it's enough after weeks at a time yeah like so that was a thing and so, so this was a whole this was a whole journey of you know i noticed after work on thursday um i told you i wasn't feeling that great um yeah. that's when we canceled the, the show like okay i feel really weird as i was laying down i realized huh my ear feels weird and odd why is that I was like, oh, I can't really hear out of that. That's weird. Okay, I better, like, whatever. Maybe it is the whole, because I I don't know. Uh, TikTok prophesizing things. It was like, I kept getting all these videos about the, that situation. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'll go get some of that, uh, you know, that peroxide stuff they say to put in your ears and everything. So I'm like, okay, cool. As I was doing that, I had this really big, like, just urge. Like, okay, I just got to try something quick. And my finger in my ear. And then it was in that moment, like, snap. Silence. It's like, oh, what? So that happened. And it only got worse throughout the weekend. Because one, the peroxide stuff was not working. And there was there was no movement. This ear was, this. ultimately this ear was done. This ear was done. It, it decided no sound coming through. And every time I would fall asleep, you know, I, no matter what side I would lay on, it would just like, you know, get worse in the morning. At one point, and it goes on Sunday, I woke up and I was sleeping on my good ear and then on my left ear, I realized I couldn't hear either one of my tower fans going full speed in my room. I was like, oh, damn, that's weird. So, got an appointment to see an ear doctor first thing Monday morning. Okay, cool. Went to an appointment. Turns out, the ear doctor I went to, they're hearing a place. They were like, oh, yeah, no, I, the, the call center got it wrong. Yeah, we, we don't actually do any cleanings here. Uh, I can just tell you what's going on. And Okay, yeah, no, it, it's just wax. So, go ahead. Go see your primary care physician or um, go to urgent care, and they'll help you out with that. I was like, okay, cool. I don't have primary care because America. So went to urgent care instead, and they took care of it. The, the craziest shit was they told me, oh, yeah, your left ear is pretty bad. You know, that's the one you're not hearing out of. But honestly, your right ear is worse. I'm surprised you can't hear anything. And they kept telling me, you know you know, you have a fever right now, right? I was like, I do? And I was like, yeah, like... You're pretty sick. You don't know what's going on with you. Like, are you really not feeling anything? It's like, no, I feel fine, except for the whole being deaf in my left ear thing. It was like, okay, well, we think you might have um, an ear infection, a fever, definitely. And, uh, you know what's going on? You might have COVID, too. So they thought I was tanking, like, three different things at once. And welcome everyone to VG Weekly Roundup, your number one unranked weekly video game podcast. Every Tuesday at 9:30 p.m. ish central, uh, central Time, 10:30 Eastern, because I'm an Eastern prick. And every Thursday at 8 p.m. ish Central Time, except last Thursday because haha, we're humans, we have problems. We come to you live with our collection of this week's biggest gaming news host topics and what we've been playing right here on twitchtv slash That is twitchtv slash closp. Please remember, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming and one monthly free 
Twitch sub for any channel. We'd love to be that channel for you, but if not, I mean, that is fair. You know what? Pick your poison. You can either deal with us and that free Prime sub, or you can deal with whatever Twitter is going on right now, because Twitter is becoming much more of a hostile environment. Thanks, Musk. It's true. Eat the rich, yeah. folks. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Anyway... I'm the one of the co-hosts. You can call me Ultima of at Ultima JV Death and tw from Twitter and Twitch, the deranged voice man himself. Join with me, the host with the most, the man in green and the man with some ear problems, the man, the Duke, Celos P. Okay, so like former ear problems, we had the story time beforehand. It's probably going to be the bit as well, but former. The, the hearing is back. I don't know if I appreciate it yet, but the hearing is back. Listen, you just don't appreciate it because you don't have the... You don't have Dolores' hearing from Encanto. Okay, you, you know that. what? You know what? I, I have I have feelings in that movie. I have so many feelings in that movie that are just so much generational Hispanic rage and anger. So yes. we're going to let that go for right now. But I have feelings. I'm just saying fucking old lady. Anyway. You know what? Uh, you, you want a small hot take? Go ahead. I, I like Trending Red a little bit more. I haven't watched it yet. I want to. I just haven't gotten around to it. You, it, it's it's a little annoying at first, but it it, it comes around. It make it's more. It gets a little endearing after like the first fifteen forty fifteen twenty minutes. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Anyway, this is episode two on Tuesday, May tenth, twenty twenty two. We are here live on Twitch as well as again the official episodes on wherever you can get your podcast, except for Google Play, because for some reason Google does not like us. Oh, God no, we're actually good now. Dead. We're on good terms now. We're on good terms now. Oh, we're on good terms? Great. Yeah. You can listen to us at wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. But hey, I got the one burning question that we all got to ask. P, what have you been playing? So we're reaching back a little bit because I played some games in a row, recovering them one at a time. I don't want to get everything to go all in one go. But what I went ahead and played recently, now we're going to cover the day, I played Super Liminal. So, oh so those who don't know, this is very much a game that gives you the feels of Stanley Parable, Portal, you know, things of that nature. Where it's very much a game, first person, where you puzzle solve to get yourself out of this maze that is very much a matter of you move objects around and their size and shapes and everything uh, can be altered depending on your perception of them at a time and how you can go ahead and change them. Uh, it is, <clears throat> the ongoing story in it is you're apparently a test subject of some uh, sort inside this environment where they want to go ahead and test sleeping patterns and the brain and perception and what reality is, things of that nature. It tries not to be this whole thing. You keep breaking up in this room and trying to leave and things kind of just, you know, throughout, I think it was like seven days, eight days, something like that. And, you know, uh, for the most part, I thought it was cool. I think the only thing that really pulled it back from it was the fact that it tries to be those other games of, you know, the, the commentary and quirkiness of Stanley Parable, but then uh, also trying to give you, uh, how to put this, a bit more of the, at times, creepiness of Portal, things of that nature. But in reality, it doesn't really do that do it all that well. Like, it's a good game for what it is. It just stays, even with only like a six-hour runtime, it kind of overstays its welcome from the simple fact that it doesn't lean in too much to anything it's trying to go ahead and do. But that's also okay because it's still there. Like, it's, it, you know, 
at one point, you know, it seems like it's trying to be all happy-go-lucky on there. Then it seems like it's trying to want to go ahead and scare you a little bit. Then it turns into, okay, what if we go ahead and teach you all these different concepts of, like, how the brain works, what reality is, what is perception, all that. And, I mean, each of those th three different parts in the game, they're okay, but they don't really go together that well, in my opinion. And it kind of makes me sad, because I feel like if they had just chosen one vision for any one of them it probably would have been an ultimately better experience but still i'm not mad about the time i spent with it it was on xbox game pass it was only about six hours to play through there are multiple endings you can go ahead and get i'm not sure which one i went and got but i would still say it was pretty cool um so if you get a chance you want like a little puzzle games like that you want to get those feels of stanley parable portal all that again um give it a shot you know I, I, you can pretty much stop at any point in time if you really want to. I never felt the urge to get through. It was more like I didn't want to lose to the game, which is a bad habit of mine. So, I don't know. I enjoyed it. But also, I think it just, I just wish it had a, a clearer vision of what it wanted to be outside of the mechanics. The mechanics are good. I just felt the, the message behind it could have been clearer or more concrete and set stuff. I mean, that's fucking neat. I mean, I've been staring at the trailer just seeing the mindfuckery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's it's a cool little game. It honestly is. If you get a chance to go ahead and check it out, I'd still recommend at least to go experiment, see how you feel about it. I think you'll probably get the idea of like whether or not you're in or not pretty early on because it, it is the whole thing on it. Like I said, if anything, I wish it was a little bit shorter. I think it's overstated to welcome just a little too much, not because it does anything wrong, because it tries to do too many things that are never committed to. Yeah, I understand. I understand that. On a metaphysical level. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, with that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Multiple. I was about to say, well, I've been playing a whole lot of nothing but the same games I said last week, and I don't want to talk about those games again two weeks in a row. Unless it was Elden Ring, like I did in the past, but that was a different circumstance. It happens. It happens to us all. Yeah. All right. Let's get right to the news, because we got a bunch of fucking texts in this one. Yep. Yep. So we got some dense stories on here, but they get to the point relatively easy. So, first up, folks, uh, <clears throat> have you heard of Embracer Group? No. You haven't? That's not surprising. Here's what you should know about them, though. Um, They own everything, including your soul. If not, they're working on a deal. Man, First story of the day. They own my soul. I wonder how mad they are knowing that they had they bought something that should have just probably been free. Because my soul is kind of shitty. I think they feel okay if, because this last deal we're going to cover right now was a goddamn steal for them. So I think they can afford the uh, the bad cost. Bet. Uh, let's see here. First story: Embracer Group enters agreement to acquire Idos Crystal Dynamics. And Square Enix Montreal for $300 million. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. And Basic Group has entered an agreement to acquire Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and a catalog of IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and more than 50 back catalog games from Square Enix Holdings for $300 million. And Basic shared the news in a press release saying that this acquisition includes roughly... 1,100 employees across three studios in eight global locations. The deal, if it goes through, is expected to close during quarter two of Embracer's financial uh, fiscal, yeah, no, financial year 2022-2023. I don't know how you can do that with two different years, but whatever. 
Now let me see here. Yeah, no, that's stupid. The quarters would be the, the quarter would. That's not how quarters work. That's not how time works. Anyway, um, in a quote, we are thrilled to welcome these studios into the Impressor crew. We recognize the fantastic IPs, Worldcraft creative talent, and track record of excellence that have been demonstrated time and again over the past decades. It has been a great pleasure meeting the leadership teams and discussing future plans for how they can realize their ambitions and become a great part of Embracer, says Lars Wingerfors, co-founder and group CEO of Embracer Group. Embracer is the best-kept secret in gaming, a massive decentralized collection of entrepreneurs whom we are thrilled to become part of today. It is the perfect fit for our ambitions make high-quality games with great people, sustainability, and grow our existing franchises to their best versions ever. Embracer allows us to forge a new partnership across all media to maximize our franchises' potential Our franchises' potential and live our dreams of making extraordinary entertainment, says Phil Rogers, Square Enix America and Europe CEO. Once this deal goes through, Embracer will have, will have more than 14,000 employees 10,000 game developers, and 124 internal studios. It also confirms that it has more than 230 games in development at those studios, and more than 30 are AAA titles. Damn. The news comes shortly after Crystal Dynamics announced it was developing a brand new Tomb Raider game on Unreal Engine 5. No further details are given, but the team did say it was planning to push the envelope of fidelity. Um, so... The, the the thing about this is, again, um, if you don't know Embracer Group, I believe it was in Polygon. It's a few weeks back now at this point. There was a good article of who was Embracer Group and why should you care about them. I highly recommend looking that up and checking out. Uh, this is another move. I don't know. Like This seems like so much more of another group like Tencent who was, yeah, we're going to buy these IPs and kind of let them be and let them make money for us. Uh so far, at the very least. And they just keep buying these things. I think the big, the biggest story here, I saw people mentioning more and more of, you know, people far more experienced than us, of saying, it is ridiculous that Square Enix sold all of these products for such a low fucking price. Like... Yeah, no, they're stupid for that. Yeah. They're really dumb for that. Like, they sold all these things, and on top of that... They sold them to double down on things like blockchain and other markets that have now crashed. Corporate greed. I, I, Corporate greed. You know, like, in all honesty, I'm not sad about this because in these groups like, have done nothing but make really great games in the past few years that are really enjoyable. They just never really, especially the Western, one of the biggest things I always said is one of the worst Western develop, uh, publishers in the world is Square Enix. Like, their groups, their games, never get the respect they deserve because Square Enix constantly says whatever their expectations were were always too high and were just terrible games. Or they said they just underperformed and actually they were considered all failures. The entirety of the, the Tomb Raider games, the trilogy that was made um, in this last generation, were considered failures each time in Square Enix's eyes because they just did not meet the expectations. The, across all three games, they sold four, 14 million copies, I believe. And they were still considered failures. That is ridiculous, considering everything they put into them. Uh, Content of the game phenomenal. Uh, pr like copies sold, I could see why. Compared, if they're going to compare it to like a lot of other bigger games, 
mm-hmm. but that's still Square Enix being petty. Yeah. And just throwing their groups under the bus. Even like most recently, we, we had a story. I don't believe it was you and I that covered it. I think it was me and Minus that covered it. Of Square Enix kind of throwing Crystal Dynamics under the bus saying, yeah, they weren't the right team for the Avengers game. That They, they didn't meet their potential. It's like, what the fuck? That was us? That was us. Yeah, okay. Was. Yeah. No, that was some bullshit. And that's just the way they talked about their teams and everything. And from what I heard, Square has been trying to sell off these, these studios for quite some time now. So, I mean, I'm kind of happy to see them just get out of Square Enix's hands because they they just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I, I, it's it's hard Still, to see all these great games just go under so much um, just scrutiny. bad press. What? Uh, 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 I thought the word you're looking for was scrutiny. But, um, yeah, scrutiny. Yeah, that's true. Either yeah. way, regardless, $300 million for all the for all these IPs, Square Enix lowballed big time. Like, mm-hmm. they were definitely deserved... They could have got milked them for so much more money. Three hundred mm-hmm. million? It's a big number, don't get me wrong. But we're talking about a treasure trove of games, IPs, and just phenomenal uh, ga- uh games that again were scrutinized by Square Enix, by the likes of Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics, uh or mainly Square Enix, but um Yeah, no, they could have probably got it for double the price, maybe even more. Yeah. But they sell for three hundred million, that shows that they really did not care about their own IPs and were there there are the strict parent <laughs> they're the strict parent of the household that mm. if you get a B on your assignment they're gonna whoop your ass. I I feel so it's like you know Square Enix they did all this like publishing movement to grab all these these Western developers and companies and they're it feels like they overreached but they felt they were too far in and kept doing it up to a point of like okay well Oh well, I guess we'll see what happens, and never back down from it again, even though they should have. And again, just 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 so fucking weird. But I'm happy to see it. Like the fact that Guardians, which was again a, an out of nowhere, like it came back and was a hit for so many people. I even mentioned myself when I played it recently, a really fun and good game. But still, even how much that was praised when it came out, still considered a failure by Square Enix. Like just they just were not happy with anything. That was coming out of there. And which is so weird, considering I feel like they never really made deals that were really beneficial to them or did a whole lot of uh, promoting the way they should have somehow. And it's just it's just so odd. So I'm, I'm glad to see these teams free of Square Enix to go ahead and do what they want and not be at their just bullshit calls. I'm happy to maybe have someone talk positively about these groups who make great games. Like, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope, at least. Um, but to go on from that, and also <laughs> go ahead and, again, double um, double up on being happy that people are aware from Square Enix. Balan Wonderland de- director Yuji Naka says he was kicked off project, sued Square Enix. This is from Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Yuji Naka the former head of Sonic Team at Sega and the director of the disastrous musical pl- platformer Balan Wonderland says he was removed from the game's development six months before its completion and that he sued publisher Square Enix over that decision. Naka said his court case is now over and he is no longer bound by company rules, but did disclose its resolution. In a lengthy Twitter thread posted Thursday, Naka apologized to fans who bought Balan Wonderland, which he described as an unfinished according as unfinished according to translation of Naka's comments. 
According to Naka, he was removed as director of Ballad in Wonderland by the game's producer, head of marketing, head of sound, managing director, and human resources department for two reasons. One issue that caused conflict during development, Naka said citing court documents, was a promotion that used a YouTuber's piano arrangement of music from Ballad Wonderland instead of the original composition. Naka said he insists that the original be released. The second issue was a disagreement with Arzest, the game, de- the game's developer, over the quality of the game. Naka said he made comments to Arzest about improvements to Ballad Wonderland and bug fixes that were not addressed, leading to a ruined relationship with Arzest. Naka further apologized to fans for not in- uh, interacting with them on social media, saying he was restricted from doing so by Square Enix. He said he believes that Square Enix does not value game fans or games themselves, based on his experience developing them, Ball and Wonderland. Citing his work on the original Sonic the Hedgehog, Naka recounted that the game was changed just two weeks before its completion, so that if Sonic had even just one ring left, he could continue to fight. Naka said this design choice was the result of improving the game's design until the very end, and that he wasn't afforded the same opportunity as a director of Ball and Wonderland. He said he ultimately involved a lawyer to negotiate with Square Enix on changes to the game, but was refused and filed suit. Polygon has reached out to Square Enix regarding Naka's comments and will update when the publisher responds. Balan Wonderland was announced in July 2022 as a new game from Sonic the Hedgehog and Knights into the Dreams creator Yuji Naka and Nato Oshima, the designer of Sonic and founder of Arzest. Balan Wonderland was released on multiple platforms in March 2021 and was a critical commercial flop. Naka said he left Square Enix just a few months later and floated the idea of retiring from games industry. This, uh... go on, go on, because I'm trying to wrap my head around this. It makes sense. Now, I I will give them the benefit of the doubt of I've I've seen from other sources that Naka is um, historically hard to work with in general, from what I've been told. But even then, this has surprised me. Again, I've been saying it for years of these interviews from groups like, from people like uh, Tosuya Nomura from Kingdom Hearts who say, Sorin has this really weird habit of they come into your offices and demand whatever assets you have so they can make their own promotional material for a game that is not ready to be promoted, that is not ready to be pushed. And while they may be doing some hits since the release of Final Fantasy XV and how that first came out, people forget the way that until that road, they refused that anyone work on anything new except for the Final Fantasy XIII series. Because that became a thing of like, no, we have to make it do better. We have to make it sell. We have to make it critically acclaimed. Because the first time the original 13 came out, it was not well received um, by most. And it was panned pretty fucking hard as an unfinished product. Which, in in you know respect, is the truth. They from I remember it was an old article on Kotaku, I believe it was, where they described the development of Final Fantasy 13 being they spent so long working on it after 12 that... Eventually, at one point, that Square Enix came into the office saying, look, what's all the stuff you have on the table? This, this, and this. Put this together. It's what will sell. We don't care if it's good or not. Just get it out there. And then spending, for the better part of a decade, pushing 13 further and further until it broke even. And thus the delays for Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, versus 13, which turned into 15, things of that nature. So this kind of treatment is not surprising me because, again, Square Enix, like, this is all... Let's not forget, much as I love Final Fantasy XIV, they still released Final Fantasy XIV 1.0. Like, that's a thing. I love Final Fantasy XIV as it is right now. Square Enix still put out 1.0. And, um... Yeah. Like... 
I don't really have much to say on this matter, to be honest. Yeah, like, it just all makes sense. Like, none of this surprises me. I, I really don't like Square Enix that much. Like, I may love the games for the most part, but, man, I kind of really fucking hate that company. That's rough. I, I just, uh... Oh, God, that's just that's just a lot. Like, that's just a lot. This also says so much as well about Avengers and just a lot of the games that, you know, just have come out recently. It's like, oh, God damn. Just fucking God damn. Yeah, Square is uh, kind of falling off. <laughs> Morally. Yeah, yeah, well. I hate it here. Morally falling off. <laughs> yeah, go and continuing on. Oh boy, let's talk about the grandfather of everything, Nintendo. That's it right there. Nintendo contractors criticize company culture and treatment. This is from Jeffrey Rousseau over at Game Industry, aka Jeff French last name because fuck. Oh man, I'm sorry. This is gonna be a long one. Contractors from Nintendo of America, NOA, or NOAA, have described a growing sense of discontent due to the uh, disparity between how the company treats themselves and its full-time workers, according to an IGN report in which the outlet spoke with a dozen current and former employee sources. For example, the publisher is reportedly reluctant to convert and or hire full-time staffers, which has resulted in no clear path for contractors to become uh, Nintendo of America employees and led to increased turnover for contractors as well. The company itself reported a turnover of 4.7% as of last year, as full-time employees company uh, commonly stay on for years or even decades. However, sources said contractors commonly exit the company under a year. One source said a death in the family forced her to return home partway through the, an interview process for a full-time position, which led to the interviewer telling her, uh, telling her she had attendance issues. IGN's report notes that some past business decisions that the company made were not well received among its staff, such as the unexpected shuttering of its Redwood City office location. You know, quote, the sense that I got wa uh, was that a lot of people were working from home successfully. The Nintendo closed the Redwood City office and said, none of you can stay in California. You have to move here or leave. A source told IGN. Another quote, and that was just another nail in the coffin of the backward, antiquated way thinking about a company. With no regards to growing discontent, sources also said that part-time restrictions to company events, activities, and even attendance, po uh, sorry, attendance policies have led to them feeling like second-class citizens. The report also includes comment from former Nintendo of America president Reggie Fils-Aimee, the god, the king, the goat, which IGN was interviewing separately about his new book. Fils-Aimee had uh, said that during his tenure, the firm had, quote-unquote, routinely hired contractors as full-timers i've had the same stories this division uh between contact uh, contract and full-time employees all i could say is that it's not all the culture that i left as i retired from nintendo fisame said the adrian report follows two weeks after a similar report from kotaku which alleged that the mario maker uh maintains sorry hold on let me read that which alleged that the mario maker maintained uh Cycli cyclical contract? Oh no, it worked for low wages, expected overtime, and a lack of benefits. Basically, Nintendo has been a very bad, bad boy. Uh, in in all honesty, um, this is where the unionization of uh, the gaming industry should still happen, and that talk should yep. still be alive. 
Like, let's not just throw uh, Activision Blizzard under the bus, even though we always do, and just, and uh, we're valid in doing that, because fuck Activision Blizzard, but a lot of times, uh, companies have hired a lot of outside sources just to work on their game, especially for AAA titles, am I right, uh, CeeLo? Like, correct me if I'm wrong? Absolutely. So, Uh, I I was in a... So before we go on, just real quick on there. For those one, this is the the highlight of the the article from industry.biz. There is the full like several pages long actual article from IGN. This is made more sense to cover for the sake of our show. But if you do want to go deeper into that, check IGN for the actual full on report. It's fucking huge. Uh, but back to what we were saying. So in terms of that, there was comments made by Reggie uh, several years ago, I believe, where it was like people were wondering like, how does Nintendo avoid crunch? Well, the way they'd always said it was the fact that, yeah, they don't overwork people. They don't try to make people stay long hours. They just bring contractors in regularly to go ahead and help pick up the slack. And that at, at one point, there was quite a time of, like, the the road from contractor to full-time was pretty stable and viewable. But over time, it seems that it just went away at some point. Now, how much of that is true, we don't necessarily know, of course, you know, because that is hearsay of, like, the inside of the company. Of course, you always want to go ahead and say something positive about it all. Um, I have seen actual contractors, now that these kind of stories are coming out and their contracts are up, go ahead and state, no, 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 this has been around even around the time of Iwata as well. This has been an ongoing issue for them. So uh, so in this situation, it's a real thing of like a reminder of people, uh, corporations are not your friends. They never have been, never will be. Uh, yeah. I think so many people are like kind of like shocked. It's like, <gasps> Nintendo would do this. Like, just super clear to remind everyone. Nintendo literally has ninjas. The Nintendo ninjas are not a myth. They're a real thing. They hire investigators to follow people around if they believe they are infringing on their hardware or um, or their IPs. Like, I think it was um, the person who developed the old school for like the, the, the DS, like the little device you could upload a lot of games to. They had literally yeah, had people following that individual round to confirm who they were and what they were doing. So, like, Nintendo has always been that group of they will literally hire investigators to follow you around. Remember and Pokemon Uranium? Like, I'm sorry? Remember Pokemon Uranium? Uranium? No, actually, I did not know that. Tell me the story. So, Pokemon Uranium was a fan-made Pokemon game, uh, I believe, made with RPG Maker. And I believe for about a month or so that the game was released as a fan-made product, but then got hit with a cease and desist by Nintendo. Um, and a few people were able to still get like copies of said fan-made game until it was completely wiped from the internet. Alleged- allegedly wiped from the internet. I mean, you could always find places that'll give you a virus, but still find places. But uh, yeah, no. When Nite- as well as the uh, situation with um music. And distributing music on YouTube for Nintendo games, like Nintendo, this is not, this is nothing new. But once you realize the, the gravity of the situation, you realize that Nintendo has always been like this in very stupid and petty ways. Yep. R.I.P. Even the, uh, most the dude recently, Center. I'm sorry. R.I.P. The dude Gilva Center who put uh, so many, so many Nintendo uh, tracks on YouTube. I'm talking just a channel dedicated to music from games. That, honestly, music you probably can't find anywhere else, in honesty. Yeah. I don't even think their channel is up anymore because of that. I believe uh, they were hit with a class action lawsuit or 
like a, a major cease and desist, or they will have, or they would have to pay like min, millions of dollars out of pocket for distributing the music. Again, yep. I could be wrong. My memory's a bit, my memory's a bit whack. Uh, this has happened. This was like years ago before COVID. Wouldn't be surprising. Wouldn't be surprising at all. Again, they have actual fucking ninjas. Like that is yeah. so ridiculous. <clears throat> Again, Nintendo, not your friend. None of them are. None of them. We talk about Xbox a lot here. Not your friend. They want money. That's all you are. So be aware of this. Again, unionize, unionize, unionize. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Even more recently with, like, the the beta they had for Nintendo Switch Sports that came out. Like, I got into it. I didn't end up playing it because they had this entire thing afterwards. Like, hey, <clears throat> we're happy all people have access. By the way... The game releases in a month, yes, but none of you are allowed to talk about it or admit that you have access to the demo. Like, they had a gag order on people for a demo that was for a game that was only a month out. And they wanted no one talking about it. That is fucking weird. Yeah. Remember when Nintendo was uh, trying to get on on uh, Let's Players like years ago on YouTube saying like, hey, if you want to play our game, you're going to have to exclusively play Nintendo branded games. Yeah. And then they oh, abandoned that when they realized how much work actually goes into it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, we got one more news story and oh, God. Bit of a reality check on this one. Yeah. PAX East Enforcer dies from COVID after being exposed during the convention. This is from CC Zhang over at Kutaku, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that name. I am very sorry. Um, a PAX East Enforcer died from, uh, I'm not going to say that name just because COVID sounds better, died from COVID after working at the convention last Saturday. Uh, that being not the date, not this past Saturday, but uh, the end of April, basically. Just to keep things a little, a little accurate, Don D. Starwood uh, was also was uh, a well regarded by other enforcers who donated to the GoFundMe for her funeral, which met its goal in a single day. The organizer for the fundraiser emphasizes that Wood had quote unquote the most fun she had in years, but her death has led some members of the game community to question the nece the necessity of in person conventions. PAX enforcers are workers who handle planning and in-person operations for the annual gaming convention. They are paid the local minimum wage and given a four-day pass for the week extended weekend. According to a press comment given to Fanbyte, Wood had been a PAX enforcer since 2014. So, so eight? Yeah, eight years. No, no, no. Ten years. No, no, I was like, fuck. I'm math, no, eight, weird. Eight, years, eight, eight years. years of working at PAX. Eight fucking years. According to the official Paxi's website, all attendees were required to show proof of the of vaccination and wear face coverings while attending the event. A few days before the convention, Boston dropped its man its mandate for masking while on public transportation, and it's unknown how consistently masking mandates were actually enforced. Kotaka reached out to Pax East for a comment, but did not receive one by the time of publication. According to the GoFundMe page, Wood returned home sick from the convention, and her symptoms were so severe that her mother, Robin Bassett, took care of her throughout the week. Bassett called the police for a wellness check on Saturday after her daughter failed to check in with her, and they discovered that Wood had passed away overnight. The fundraiser is currently, or 
you know, I'm just I'm reading as is. It's currently at eleven thousand six hundred and fifteen of its ten thousand dollar goal, which would be used to pay for Wood's cremation and funeral expenses. Her sister, uh, I'm just for the sake of not fucking up, Margaret, right? I think it's Margaret. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> Margaret Dominguez was running the fundraiser for her funeral, but she also caught COVID from attending the convention. Their mother currently runs the fundraising page while Dominguez is in an emergency room. She wrote, thank you all so much for the support and your many contributions. I wish that Don had known in life how, many, how very many lives she touched. Some members of the games industry have spoken out against the necessity of in-person conventions. They were difficult to justify once, uh, once companies and independent contractors realized that they could run conferences online, and they've only become more con- uh, conscientious as E3 was canceled. <laughs> Killed! COVID spread rampantly at the Game Developers Conference, and MAGFest became a spreader event. To be fair, MAGFest has always been a spreader for not just COVID, for everything. Mm-hmm. Even STDs at some point. Either way, this it should be an eye opener. Yeah, but it won't, which is terrifying. We are three years into COVID. Three years, and in some states, it's becoming an endemic, which I think, personally, I think is wrong. Uh, especially again. This death was recent. This was end of April. This was the 30th of April. Mm-hmm. They were doing what they love, and unfortunately, they paid the price. Um, whether they were wearing a face mask or not, I don't know. This is, I'm just reading an article, but in all honesty, like we should not have in-game, in-person events while we're still in a pandemic or an endemic, whatever have you. Even if you're vaccinated, we should not be having in-person events. A vaccination doesn't mean it's a cure. It just helps the immune system. It doesn't completely make you immune to said disease. That being said, yes, I agree. We should not be having in-person events when we could be doing online events like E3 did a few uh, a few weeks, uh, not weeks, a year ago, as well as uh, Summer Games Fest, which I believe is happening June 12th. Uh, or June 9th, sorry. Yeah, June 9th. June 9th. June 12th is the Xbox uh, showcase. Yep. We should be doing that while we're still in the process of healing because in, in, in this nation, in this nation, I'm not saying great, in this nation, um, there are still people that think that we are going to be safe no matter what when in turn, this has lasted longer than it should have. This disease should have been dealt with already, but again, two years, uh, not two years, we're in our third year, which is unfortunate. Um, and I don't mean to be a buzzkill, but I'm glad that E3 kind of got canceled because gaming conventions in and of itself, even anime conventions, some of the dirtiest place, some, some one of the dirtiest places yep. to be because a lot of people mm-hmm. really don't know how to use hygiene. No, absolutely. Like I have friends who, you know, at a local con here in my city, I haven't been in a few years and some of them will probably be going and working. It's like. You know, like, part of me wants to be like, you know, things are well enough to go ahead and go. But it's just like, no. Like, my biggest thing at the convention, a lot with PAX, is the fact that I like doing the Japanese arcades they have there. But, the, no. Like, the thing, especially for conventions like gaming conventions that are just based around the idea of interacting and physically touching things. PAX, or gaming conventions in general, have always been spreader events. Even before a pandemic. Because you're touching everything. And the only thing that really between you and that is how much are the people running those booths really cleaning and double-checking everything 
and everyone else maintaining their own cleanliness as well. Like they're they're just by default, by the very nature of what kind of convention they are, are highly dangerous to spread sickness. And like, you know, for years, you know, people always joked about, oh, you know, that con funk, the con sickness, things of that nature, the Pax Apocalypse, things of that nature. But like, it's not a joke anymore. Like, it should not have been the joke in the first yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not just a, like, like, oh, you got kind of sick. Like, no, this is a serious thing. Like, video game conventions, not to say that, oh, that it's fucking disgusting by default, but I know they're extremely difficult. Like, there are very high chances of getting sick there. If there were less chances uh, to not get sick. But. I was half joking about the MAGFest thing. The SCDs bit was yeah. definitely a joke. MAGFest really is a place where uh, diseases really just do spread. Not even just COVID. Flu, yeah. cold, like anything. MAGFest is one of those places that you just you get sick. Um, then again, that's just from he- hearing a lot more from MAGFest than other places. But regardless, conventions and people that places that have a lot of people moving around, a lot of moving parts, that's that should be that should have been a red flag as to like we shouldn't have those open up and yeah. i get it we want to have fun we want to go out we want to ha- get our news about gaming at a live at a live source as well as being able to experience some of the live demos that not everyone else is going to be privy to but at some point you're going to have to realize that you're going to ha- you need to put your health as well as other people's health first then games otherwise there is nobody to work on or play said games or to in- make these conferences or conventions this uh it's unfortunate that this person has died it is very unfortunate doing yeah. what they love as well as working the convention uh as they have been doing for these past eight years and, and again like not not to impound on this poor family suffering again her sister even got sick as well from the convention while running the gofundme for it. like please don't take this as a joke like this is a very serious, not- serious matter it is not over like we're trying to be very in the next coming weeks um when Anime Expo happens, please, all of you. I know we, I'm sure we have plenty of crossover between this and We Blue Trash Talk. If you really are into our stuff, please be careful. Please, please be very careful. Take care of yourselves. Mask up. Watch your symptoms. Um, you know, any boosters you can get, get your boosters if you need. On there, remember you can get third booster as well. So please take take care of yourself. This is I. It's the con season. I know everyone's wanting to push more and more into it. I have friends trying to push more and more into it as well. But please. Be careful. Take care of yourselves. You mind if I bitch about something for a moment? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, in this in the state where I live, um, we are in, considered in an endemic. So our mask mandates have been lifted to a degree. Our governor said to, that we should still wear masks, but the mandates have been lifted. Um, so whenever I have to Uber to my job, I always get uh someone. Whenever I get someone talkative, I should say. They look at me and say, "You know, you don't have to wear that, right?" And I'm like, "I know, but I'm I'm immunocompromised, and my job requires me to wear this. I'm not taking it off." And then they repeat themselves, and I'm like, "I do not want to take this off." And then they get annoyed about it, and I, that's what makes me really worry just about everything going on. And again, three years that we have been in this pandemic, three years, and in all honesty. Even if, even if somehow COVID miraculously stopped, I'm still gonna wear my mask for a good while because that's how serious I want to take this. That's yep. how serious I want to make sure that some of us uh, handle the situation because this is a matter of health, life, and death. 
Yep. Like, I, again, we talked about it before the show, the little bit we probably had on there of me having to go to the doctor because of my ear and everything. You know, having that reminded me, oh, I'm due for another booster. So I'm probably going to be getting that set up this Friday. It's as easy as going online and looking for your shots in your local pharmacy somewhere and getting that set up. You can just as easy walk in and get it done. So please, folks, just be mindful. Be aware of your stuff. Don't give into pressure if anyone tries to give you these unwarranted comments like, oh, I almost had the face on there. You know, do what you got to do for you. Fun, fun thing. Yeah. My fun, mother fun recently had COVID. Woo-wee. You, you want to know what's funny? She Please. didn't tell me until we were in a car ride to my job. Just nonchalant me, just like, you know, I got COVID, right? And I'm like, what? Like, I looked at them dead in the eye, and I told them, why didn't you tell me? I could have called out on my job. And uh, they, they said, now you're just going to be lazy. I'm like, no, because I'm immunocompromised, and I don't want to spread this shit anymore. The the fact that they told me in the car ride, I'm smiling while I'm saying this, in the car ride to work. I'm glad one of us is, because I, I'm, like, I'm having my cameras off today. <laughs> Fucking... Oh. I, I'm lucky that I don't think I had COVID. I had mm. uh, a cough and shit, and I don't feel right. But I've had that, that. That's from personal shit going on in my life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I'm still COVID free. Three years into this fucking pandemic. I just. Uh... Yeah. Folks, please absolutely. take care of yourselves, please. Yeah, and if you do go to uh, a convention, for one, we we said already mask up, but two. Always carry hand sanitizer on you. Yep. Just always, please, for the love of God. Get some scented ones too if you want. Like that might that might counterbalance some of the people that don't wear deodorant. And I know some of y'all don't wear deodorant. I'm not just trying to make a joke. That's some of y'all really No, don't. it's true, Flex, especially with con season. Like the deodorant and shower. Fuck Oh, you don't want to fuck over your hair? Get a fucking shower cap. I don't give a shit. Get a like, shower cap. Do 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 what I do for work. Get like a roll on. You don't. It, it don't have to be lubricated. It could be dry. But get like roll on, and then get a spray deodorant. Just double up on it. And if you need to, get some like gold bonds powder for your balls or private areas. Like trust exactly. me, it will help you out. Especially if you're the type of person that likes to walk around a lot in yeah. a convention. Moisturize, um, sunblock. Oh, d- just definitely. Like definitely. And be here's my- a little thing. Hmm, go ahead. Here's a little thing. Uh. Buy a can of cold compressed air if you really yeah. don't want to sweat. And some yeah. of you who be doing some immaculate cosplays, trust me on this. Get that can of cold spray. It's going to help you out if you don't want to sweat in your helmet or yep. whatever thing that you're using for your head. Um, just be, be a little courteous. Be hygienic for the love of God, at least on the convention floor, hotel, whatever. That's Change your clothes. That I'm saying. Yeah, please clean your clothes. But like, when you're in the convention hall, when you're actively around people, please be hygienic. What you do in your spare time in the hotel room, that's on you. You're responsible for yourself. But when you're out and about with people in any sort of convention, whether it be anime, gaming, or what have you, please be hygienic for the love of God. This ain't even me, me like complaining about it. I'm just saying, please help each other and help yourself and save each other's lives. We're still in a do, pandemic. Um, for those of you who do cosplays and all that, if you can... Try looking up into sanitizer spray, especially if you're going to keep using the same cosplays over the con season, which I know many of you go ahead and do. Sanitizer spray, sanitizer wash for when you go ahead and wash things. Go ahead and keep doing that, especially if you're moving around. Just 
make sure to get that done. Please, 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 please. And if you're afraid about smelling a little funky, just get some get some dryer sheets and rub that shit on. Trust me, that works. Yep. Yep. This has been uh, Cleanliness Tips from Your Two Dads. I, I, I think I'm a little too young to be considered a dad. Oh, I'm not. Um, yeah, you're, you're a dad. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, sports, yeah. I hope you're winning. It's been a good oh, show. God. Are you winning, <laughs> son? Let, listen, uh, we're at the end of the episode. We, we, we have read through all the articles. We've talked about cleanliness and hygiene, which I hope you all take to heart. Pete, you got anything going on this week? You got anything to shill and plug? Uh, so we do have uh, tomorrow we will trash talk. Uh, me and the other ways will be talking about certain things. I believe we're going to be covering at the very least my dress up darling and Comey can't communicate. I, I think we'll see what happens on there. Last week we had our spoiler cast for Ranking of Kings. If you haven't already, please go watch that anime. It is the most just original, wholesome, and out of nowhere unique anime you you have seen in years trust me on this just trust me check it out um and then on thursday minus and i should be back with more of the vg weekly roundup we had to call in last week because of certain things also i went deaf apparently um but after that we should also have halo 2 officially starting halo 2 on thursday uh we might over the weekend start um we must start a new game on stream. I am close to the end of my first playthrough of uh, Triangle Strategy. We'll talk about that on Thursday. Uh, my final thoughts on it, basically. And then probably launching into some more games. So, if you want to be here for all that, go ahead and check it out. Ultima? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm a hi on hiatus of streaming. There's some, a lot of shit that's been happening in my personal life. So, uh, I'd rather get that done and know that I'm in a better place before I go back to streaming. Because I... I tend to talk about a lot of shit when get, when enabled to, and this is the type of things where I probably shouldn't go into. Um, aside from that, yeah, no, uh, the podcast here, that's it. I, I don't have anything else to shill. Uh, fuck. All good, it happens. It happens. Yeah. All right, folks. Get out of hiatus, I'll let y'all know. Absolutely, we'll be all here waiting for it. Well, with that in mind, uh, we're going to end out for today's show. Thank you all for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for the support we're seeing on the podcast already on podcast services. Please check it out. We're available everywhere. Um, and we will see you next week. All right, folks. Laters.